0: our first question is really starting with where you grew up, what you're interested in and your experiences in college throughout. And then, you know, through your years of work experience, um, what is your origin story?
1: I'm Elle, previously went by uh, Lawson. And my uh, origin story, you know, really starts from a pretty early age. was obsessed with the stock market at like 13 years old. Uh, went to college and decided I wanted to get into investment banking and I uh, went to law school as kind of a backdoor route into investment banking. And when my second year of law school uh, was fall 2008, which was basically when the economy last cratered before this current economy. And uh, I remember like a uh, second year law school first semester, um, I think I was like trading and paying more attention to markets in classes than the class. And I remember it just being uh, absolutely crazy. The the Dow was down 666 points. Like one day, I was in I was in. I think it was not property law class, but it was something else. Clearly, I don't remember. But for <laughs> because I was paying more attention to the markets. But I remember it just being crazy and like, but but also at the same time, like the the rest of like society and and like the, the literally the classroom had no idea what was happening because it was a little bit different of a Uh, A financial crash at the time it was a investment banks and banks generally made bad investments um, which is very different from the downturn we have now where people at the very like people are struggling with money not not banks are struggling with money and uh, ended up graduating in 2010 you know a horrible year to get into investment banking or laws I like to say it was the second worst year behind 2009 uh, but got lucky, uh, applied to the investment bank, and they stuck with one of their law firms for about 10 months doing work for them on investment making deals. And then I moved over to the investment bank as an associate investment maker. I mean, I was uh, originating like fixed income bonds and leases for governments and nonprofits, which wasn't exactly what I was picturing. was It wasn't exactly the movies taking company, companies public on Wall Street and something like that. It was, it was pretty boring. Uh, governments move pretty slow, but it was impactful because you saw like large amounts of money go to uh, highways or a, a new university dorm room and stuff like that. But during that experience, I, I started to realize like, hey, like uh, I'm working for paychecks and bonuses uh, and I just gotta, I have to keep doing this every quarter. And my family, uh, dad and brother had all started companies and businesses and sold businesses. And uh, decided that I wanted to find a way to invest more of my time into something that has longer, that will pay me beyond just like my like, uh, hourly or salary rate, uh, i.e. equity. And so I was at an investment bank in Little Rock, uh, Arkansas at the time. But uh, so there were some guys from Memphis where I grew up um, who was working on a company called Synapse Pay, which is now Synapse FI. And uh, uh, they were, had its time started uh, with an app for consumers and retailers to pay banks with ACH. And that sounded exciting. Uh, And so the same day I met them, I I started helping them. So that was fall 2014. Come like January of 15, we raised a little small seed round, January, February, and, uh, you know, went full-time, I think it was February, it went full-time pretty much that February, March, and was in Memphis for a month, and then, you know, probably straight out of a movie, we we drove cars in U-Haul, there were six of us, from Memphis, Tennessee, to San Francisco, and I remember uh, two of us uh, stopped in the Grand Canyon, and saw uh, sunrise that second morning in the Grand Canyon, and then drove into San Francisco, and came across the Bay Bridge, and like, I remember before we even got to the Bay Bridge, like if you've driven through that area of the world, um, like you drive through these like Teletubby hills. They're like big and green and hilly. And then you go over the Bay Bridge and like you just see the city and it's like, uh, it was exciting. It was it just came into the city and and was in tech. And uh, we had rented, so we had rented a house on the top of Twin Peaks. It's had a seven bedroom, six bath house where we all uh, lived and worked out of. Um, In retrospect, uh, that was like uh, both what made us, probably what allowed us to survive. Uh, Also, it was like (laughs) super stressful. Um, I was the first person to move out of the house, but uh, um, I moved out after about a year and a half. But what, what we were doing in the house is trying to build a company. So when we started, we were an app for consumers, but we very quickly realized that consumers are expensive to educate um and like credit card points they don't care about savings and merchants like it but you know aren't going to promote it for you uh, but we we started trying to sell some of our backend infrastructure that we had created for the uh app and uh, our, our apis mm-hmm. and so we started uh looking for developers and fintechs that needed banking apis um, and for those who don't know what an api is it's an application protocol interface which is effectively a, an easy way for a developer creating an application to make their application talk to your application. Their application could have been uh, XYZ FinTech and our application was effectively a bank in the back end. And so we, we, wrap, we were wrapping a bank with an API. At the time, APIs were pretty new and there were definitely no true banking APIs. Um, there was things like Plaid and Yodely that allowed for you to read bank accounts, but no APIs to actually open bank accounts, move money. Uh, issue debit cards and do things of the sort. And so when we came out to San Francisco, we actually lost our first customer as, as we were driving here. Uh, oh, wow. They called us and said that we were shutting down. And uh, so we we arrived in San Francisco wow. with starting with one customer and ending. By the time we left Memphis, it was one customer. By the time we arrived, it was zero customers. And uh, on top of that, we had no business model. Um, the very first customer I emailed was a uh, a crypto exchange at the time called SnapCard, which is now SendWire. And I cold emailed the CEO with a, a 25 cent ACH APIs. If you're aware of, of banking and, and APIs now, you realize how ludicrous that business model was. Uh, but uh, during that time, we, we figured it out. None of us had ever worked in tech before, and we, but we came out here and, and uh, realized we had, were meeting an un, unmet need. At the time, our first customers were cryptocurrency exchanges and apps, um, but we grew into a full-blown banking API um, where you can not just move money, but open accounts and issue debit cards. And our customers grew from uh, just crypto exchanges or fringe, like basically fringe fintech to financial uh, technology companies in general uh, and banks. And also, you know, figured out the uh, moved towards a software as a service pricing um, and uh, figured out like how to survive and grow six people to 40 plus people uh, in a $17.1 million Series A, uh, which was a really large Series A. And, and that was really exciting. Um, but during my time there, I, I started, because we had so many cryptocurrency customers and like, honestly, like we were all interested in so we were talking about it all the time. I started having a growing desire to work full time at a crypto. Um, because the way I was looking at banking APIs, they were the future of banking, mm-hmm. uh, where we don't banking was less about geographic branches and more about uh, fin fintechs that just provide banking based off of like interesting mm-hmm. user experience uh, updates or mm-hmm. maybe even updates where or or like uh, banking for a certain user segment uh, to. There was something beyond that. These APIs seemed like a bridge to a future version of banking, but there was something like post-banking, and that was crypto. And so I left there in 2018 and was at a company, head of operations at a company called Tokensoft, where we were basically building tools to emulate, replicate, and deploy financial assets onto blockchains like Ethereum. And left there early this year to uh, start working on founding the company. I was in a program called Beyond Deck, where early-stage founders try to meet other early stage founders to either look for co-founders or early team members or just help uh, ideate on uh, what is an idea and uh, what uh, what could be my customers and how to find those first customers. And in in that process, uh, ended up founding a company called uh, Money Mail where we are effectively trying to help internet workers get connected to internet money. And we're starting with live streamers and basically making it very easy to get... Tips and donations uh, during live streams, and uh, that brings me to the day
0: I was an investment banker um, before my current job as well, um, and I felt like that world is so self you know encapsulating it 's a, a hard industry to leave um, i'm curious about how you thought about you know leaving something that 's as traditional as banking um, to take the risk into you know startup life, not just working at a startup but founding your own and uh, really fully immersing into it, living in a house with so many people. You know, curious how that transition was for you.
1: I think everybody has a story if you're uh, and why they did things, if you really asked the right questions. And, you know, mine, investment making was my dream and uh, I achieved it. Uh, I was the youngest associate investment maker that the, that investment bank had ever hired. And uh, normally you went from analyst to investment maker and I just went straight to investment maker and that was exciting but i uh so i i uh i was married at the time i, I got engaged after law school and uh february 2013 uh, my my wife passed away from complications with the flu and uh that was one of those events of life before and life after um nothing after was the same and uh i lost a lot of years in the after being unwilling to plan literally but beyond like the, that day, the, the farthest planning I would go was like Friday. And that led to like both good and bad things. You know, probably one of the good things is I just, you know, I, I stopped caring about what looked like just moving around money between, you know, you know, uh, investors and governments to, to build something to like, I want to change the world. I want to do something cool. <laughs> and uh, I got to get out of this city. I got to get out of this condo. There's too many memories here. And so I was working on this crazy project at the investment bank. And I was doing, long story short, I basically had predicted a potential regulatory event uh, for the industry. And, and uh, I, I had gone to Peru. I, right before I went to Peru, I, I said, hey, guys, you should focus on this 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 regulatory concern. Even though I was in a non legal role, I just like, I just threw it out there. I was like, "Hey, I think this is to be a problem." And I went to Peru for three months because my wife was Peruvian. It was I went there for the one-year anniversary and uh, ended up help start a uh, school while I was there. They they named the school uh, after my wife at the end of it. Um, but I kind of had this like a magical experience. Um, at the end of the magical experience, I, I I left Peru and came back home to work. And uh, what I had said had uh, come true. Like. Times ten in the basically the entire industry was dealing with this disclosure project related to uh, governments were really bad at updating the investors when they said they would update investors, and so the SEC basically came down on all the investment banks and said, "Hey, go tell the governments to clean up the mess." And so I was for about three four months. I was doing hundred plus hour weeks and, and managing basically the entire department about thirty people, and. I was like it was super stressful, but i I just realized like at the end of this, like I'm just gonna get a bonus, and uh that sucks um and it felt a whole lot like equity hours, and so uh I you know I knew i I needed I wanted to find something that I could earn equity in and and literally the first thing that came to me was synapse, and so I'd like to say I did diligence, but it was both accident and good timing, and I don't know. We were doing a, a banking uh, app, but like our like second conversation was about Bitcoin. So it very much felt like it wasn't just that it felt like there was something kind of special there. And so I just started helping. And so so I was willing to, I guess I was willing to take that leap because of a variety of like uh, circumstances being stacked on it. Uh, prior family members being entrepreneurs, huge life event that basically like may be willing to do anything to change. And, and yeah, and just being open to it, you know, I guess listening for the right signal.
0: Along people's journeys, did you, like yourself, did you find that there were any things that tactically helped you reflect on this stuff? Um, You know, when I talked to other people, they they mentioned journaling or meditation. Um, Was there anything that you did that sort of helped you process, you know, your life?
1: Yeah, I had never written a lick of poetry in my my life until I lost my wife. And uh, I just started writing poetry and uh, didn't share any of it. For the first year but on the when i the like as i was on the flight to go to peru i started sharing it and i started regularly sharing on i called it finding cynthia um, which was my late wife's name i you know i just started putting all those emotions on a, on a page because i would have been writing before but not sharing it and, and i realized that people responded to it and and uh it helped them process it uh uh, either like losing Cynthia or if they didn't know her, that process potentially other things that happened in their life. And I realized that was super powerful for them. And I kind of took that on to eventually, you know, going to open mic nights and le- reading poetry or uh, um, uh, eventually, you know, Twitter, like Twitter to me is like my, it is my uh, journal. Um, it's where I, I put my most interesting thoughts or hunches and eventually those hunches become a story and I end up grabbing, like I put a hunch out there and then I, I take that hunch, you know, a month later and I add it to this other hunch in the tweet string. And, um, and then three, four or five months later, like I have a whole story and then that whole story ends up turning into a, a blog or a medium post or along with money. mail, it actually turns into a product spec. It just kind of grows from there. So I do a lot of writing,